Next up on the Mutual Audio Network, fiction from our future. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. My children of the fright, relieve the nightmares of your screams, where the absurd becomes reality, and the horror becomes the norm, and all is produced by schmutzy filmmakers. Schlock Audio Theater, Hello and welcome. Tonight we have a movie near and dear to my heart. Bride of the Monster is about a misunderstood scientific genius, much like myself, that is a hated, maligned soul. Join us now for the story of Dr. Warnoff, his atomic octopus, and his fiendish plans to conquer the world in Bride of the Monster! Vigor! Roll it! Marsh Lake. We find Jed and Ned wondering why Al Roker got it wrong again. Can you believe this weather? It's almost like we're standing in front of a wind machine while stagehands douse us with water. I noticed that. And what's with that light? It's striking the same place over and over again like stock footage on repeat. Weird, huh? Well, I say we seek some shelter because apparently we got here without driving. The old Willow House is just ahead. If I'm not mistaken, we can take shelter there. The Willow House? You're out of your mind, Jed. Everyone knows that place is bad news. You do what you want, Ned, but I'd rather take my chances there than out in this fabricated storm. We could get electrocuted or, or catch pneumonia or something. Uh, all right, all right, we'll go, but I'm not liking it one bit. I think the house has been abandoned for years, but I'll knock anyways. Jed, I'm not liking this. Let's get the schlock out of here. What do you want? We were caught in the storm and need shelter until it passes. No, you are not welcome here. You must leave immediately. And see here, you old geezer. Lobo. Now you have to love Lobo. He's a 425-pound hulk with a large bald head that melts into his neck. Sweet mother of Mary! It's the monster! With arms held over his head like a severely galled fat man, Lobo lurches forth meaty fingers spread into claws. Run! Look at them go, Lobo. Monster indeed. <laughs> oh, Lobo, you can put your arms down now. Come, let's go to the laboratory and watch the show. As the two hunters run for their lives, Vornoff stares to a window in the laboratory wall. 
what a beautiful atomic monster. Swim to the murky water, my stock-footed octopus. Swim and meet the intruders. Come on, hurry up, Ned. We should be safe once we get past this empty cement lagoon. I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> Ned falls right onto the tentacles of a large rubber octopus. Atomic mutated monster. No! Ah, it's got me! Ned grabs the octopus's limp tentacles and wildly shakes them around to give the impression that he's in a heated man versus atomic octopus battle. Ah, it's got me! Hold on, Ned. I'll blast the critter. Like magic, Lobo appears and swings an arm around Jed. Oh, my God! Yo! Naturally, Jed is overcome and passes out cold while the plasticine octopus kills Ned by sitting very still. No! <laughs> Back in Bornoff's laboratory, Poor Jed wakes up, strapped to a gorney, wearing a weird hat thing that consists of three spark plugs and a coat hanger glued to an aluminum strainer. <clears throat> what happened? Where am I? Unstrap me. Let me loose. Calm down, little rabbit. Who are you? I am Dr. Vornoff, your host. You're in my laboratory. Get that flashlight on an ivy pole thing away from me. What? What are you going to do with me? When I flip these switches over here on the wall, the device Lobo is positioning over your head will send the beam of atomic energy into your body, giving you the strength of 20 men. Really? Or it will simply electrocute you like all the rest. Oh, boy. No! <laughs> <laughs> Too bad, Lobo. I've lost another one. Vornoff rubs his eyes in disappointment, and Lobo stands behind him trying to look sad. Instead, he looks severely constipated. I know, Lobo, I know. Oh, Lobo. <laughs> This just in from the AP wire. Mysterious marsh monster feared to have struck again. Two hunters dead as doornails. Police baffled. Stay tuned for more details. At police headquarters, Captain Robbins reads the early edition of the paper and is none too pleased. Yes, come in. You wanted to see me, Captain? Yes, I did. Have a seat, Dick. Have you read the paper? Yeah, who hasn't? Your newspaper girlfriend writes an uh, entertaining story about the Willows Marsh case. Yeah, so she thinks. I've walked around that blasted swamp until I'm web-footed, and I haven't found anything except toenail fungus. Say, what you got there? This rifle's been fired. A boy found that out by the old Willow place, and that overcoat? Not much of it left. Floating in the marsh swamp about a mile away. That old Willow house. The marsh. The disappearances. They're all tied together somehow. Somehow! We don't know that. We have no certain facts of foul play. Do you believe in the Marsh Monster, Captain? Your girlfriend certainly does. She's been feeding her cockeyed stories to the Chronicle, and people are lapping it up. But, no, 
I don't believe in monsters, and neither should you, because we're factual men. We're cops, and cops believe in facts, and that's a fact, so don't you forget it. You're right. Of course, Captain. Facts are our business. Dick Craig, you've been dodging me all day, and I've come to put a stop to it. Our engagement is off. Uh, Janet, I've been busy. You're dodging me. I know it. You just don't want to share your knowledge on the Marsh Lake monster case. There is no monster. It's a figment of your womanly imagination. I'm a reporter, Captain Robbins, searching for facts. Well, here's a fact for you. You created the story. Now you deal with it. And, by the way, if you're going to break up with one of my best men, you're going to have to give him his diamond back. What? Captain. Dick, I know what I'm doing. Go on, Janet. Give him back the ring. Well, I'd just as soon throw it in Marsh Lake first. Is that a fact? Well, I suppose I shouldn't let personal affairs get in the way of professional affairs. I suppose I've just lost my head. I love you, Dick. Yes, I know you do. Now, Captain Robbins, I'm going to ask you once more for information on the Marsh case. There is no monster. It's probably all a matter of quicksand and alligators. That hungry alligators bits doesn't wash. Well, I think I'll go to the Willow Place myself and do some investigation. Don't do it, Janet. Don't you do it. Anybody that gets near that place vanishes, and we can't figure out why. Ta-ta, boys. I'm off to get my scoop. I got a fact for you, Dick. If there's a monster to be found, she'll be the one to find it. You know what, Captain? What? You're right. (laughs) That's the fact, Dick. Next, we find Janet Lawton stopping by the newspaper file room where Nellie is buried under a huge mound of newspaper clippings. Well, hello, Janet. Long time no see. <laughs> what brings you down here to the newspaper morgue? Hi, Nellie. I need to find out when and who bought the old Willows place the last time it was up for sale. No problemo. You'll find the paper with that information and the fourth file cabinet to your right, third drawer down, six folder back. Amazing! Not really. It's my only purpose to be in this film. Aha! My suspicions were correct. Are you on a hot story? (laughs) Could be, Nellie, could be. Oh, be a dear and call up to the office for me and tell them I'll be out for the rest of the day. Sure, Janet, like I have something else to do. Oh, and could you also call my dick and tell him I have a headache tonight? Just tonight, eh? (laughs) I've got some work to do and I won't be able to join him for supper. But don't tell him that. Will do, Janet. Anything else? Nope. Thanks. So long. A shifty-eyed little man with a pointy beard visits the police headquarters. Well, glad to have met you, Professor Strowski. Now enlighten us with your facts. I am an acknowledged expert on prehistoric monsters. I've studied creatures like the Loch Ness Monster for years, and while I don't think there's a connection between Loch Ness and your Marsh Monster, I'm here anyway. Well, that's an interesting fact. But the similarities in sworn testimonial statements are striking. Although I've never seen a prehistoric monster myself, I thought that my second-hand knowledge of such things could be useful to your department. More facts can only lead to a better understanding of the facts, right, Dick? Well, sounds good to me, Captain. Professor Strosky and I can meet in the swamp tomorrow morning and take a look around. Very good. Until then. Is it me, or did that exchange make no factual sense whatsoever? He's a strange bird, no doubt. Well, that's a fact. Keep your eyes on him. My gut feeling tells me that he's not really a prehistoric monster expert. Right. Well, I'm off. Oh, and another fact. A girl from Janet's office called to cancel your supper date. She said Janet had a headache. Again? Hmm. 
I bet you she's gone to Lake Marsh. And if I catch her there, I'm going to spank her like a bad girl. Bad girl. Bad, bad, bad girl. Dick, bad. Dick. Yeah, boss? Fact is, you should just go home and stop being so hard to get along with. And now, for this next action-packed sequence, we're pleased to present a man who knew more about women, cars, and cool than most people have forgotten, James Dean! Welcome, friend! Welcome! Hey, Vic! Good to be here, Pop! Good to be here! Let's get grooving! Rightio! Janet Lawton emerges from the newspaper office. Yeah, and she ain't too bad-looking, neither. Oh, my. Look at that dangerous, stormy stock footage brewing. I better put on my favorite fuzzy, soft, white Angora cap and get going. This is wild, Pop. Somebody forgot to wind the sundial. It's gone from noon to midnight. It's like like two seconds, man. And here comes the rain. Weird indeed. Hey, Janet looks confused. Can't see a thing. Better drive faster. Look at this chicky-chick drive, Pop. She's bouncing and swerving all over the place. <laughs> she drives better than you, Jamie. <laughs> Comedian, huh? You're tearing me apart, Dick. Ooh, she's had a blowout. The car's careening out of control. Off the road. Through the ditch. And coming to a gentle rest between two trees. Oh! The crazy chickies ditched the car. She seems to be looking for something. Most likely a comfortable place to faint. Not there. Too rocky. Oh, not there. Too muddy. Oh, she's found a place that's just right. <gasps> oh, my God. Up in that tree. Greeny stock footage of a snake. Perfect time to faint, baby. Oh, oh Janet's down for the count. But wait. What's that giant charging towards her? It's Lobo. He's come to save her from the catatonic <laughs> rubber snake. He's pounding its head against the tree. Now he's got Janet's fuzzy white angora cap. He picks it up off the muddy ground. He's petting it like a 16-year-old groupie. Ooh, now he's tucking it in his belt. I understand this guy. Now Lobo picks up Janet Lawton and makes his way back to the Willow House. <laughs> Thanks for the help, Jamie. Anytime, Daddy-O, anytime. If you need me again, I'll be east of Eden. Janet wakes to the evil smile of Dr. Vornoff. <gasps> Easy. You've had a shock. What? Who are you? Where am I? I am Dr. Eric Vornoff. You are safe for the moment. You were in an accident. Now, it's time all pretty girls should sleep. Sleep. You must sleep. But I'm not even... <sighs> The next day, Lieutenant Craig and Mike, another detective, go to the marsh swamp to meet the freakish acting Strauski. While they wait, they have a smoke and wax philosophically. Well, where's your monster expert? Good question. I hate this swamp. It's full of death, decay, destruction. Look at all the stock footage of jungle panning across the screen. And the storms passing over us. Yeah, all of those storms. It's not natural. I hear that all the atomic bomb testing... Yeah, distorted the atmosphere. Where's the professor? The wild story 
makes an appointment and doesn't show up. Doesn't add up, does it? Nothing does in the swamp of life. Sandberg Truth. Yeah. We better go look for him. Come on, let's go. The detectives don't drive far before they discover Janet Lawton's abandoned car. It's Janet's car. For sure. But where is she? I saw a cafe. About ten miles back. Let's go see. Yeah, she might be there. In another part of the swamp, the mysterious Trowski, dressed like Colonel Sanders on a safari, consults his notepad and then walks purposefully into the woods. Here, little monster. Where are you, little monster? Meanwhile, back at the diner, the detectives have no luck finding Janet. Hello, Captain Robin speaking. Chief, it's Dick. Where are you? Why aren't you with Strowski? I told you not to let him out of your sight. Sorry, boss. He didn't show up. Mike and I started looking for him, and we found Janet's car abandoned. It looks like she's had an accident. Is that a fact? Well, get back there and find Strowski. I'll deal with Janet's disappearance. Once again, Janet Lawton wakes up to the gleefully evil smile of Dr. Vornoff. Lobo stands behind him, holding a tray of food. Lobo set her tray down. Janet recoils in fright. <gasps> really now, you must be afraid of Lobo. He is gentle as a kitten. Lobo pets the furry white cap in a distinctly PG-13 sort of way. A glimmer of love shines in the brute's face and he advances. No! Please, stay away! Lobo! Lobo! Lobo, stop at once! You see, gentle as a kitten, he isn't used to beautiful women, that is all. There weren't any when I found him in the wilderness of Tibet. He is generally a most useful servant. You called me by my name earlier. How did you know who I am? I took the liberty of searching your purse while you were asleep. Then you must also know that I'm a reporter. Yes. What exactly is your business around here, Miss Lawton? I'm investigating the strange disappearances around Marsh Lake. I intend on uncovering the monster that's responsible. Be careful, Miss Lawton. You may bite off more than you can chew. Now, since you appear uninterested in your dinner, I suggest you rest again. You really get off on this hypno-crap of yours, don't you? You are so tired, so very tired. You must sleep. Yeah, like that's going to work twice in a... Lobo, it is time for your injection. <gasps> That's right. Somehow I just can't trust you to wander the house all hours of the night while Miss Lawton is here. Give me your arm. <laughs> Smart, eh? <laughs> that is all. Good night, Lobo. Good night. Sleep well, my friend. As Lobo descends into a drug-induced sleep, he dreams of Janet Lawton. His heart, mind, and tongue are loosed from their earthly chains. <coughs> oh, lover boy, come to me. Oh, darling Janet, my love, my... 
dear, I see. What on earth was that? Well, apparently, my darling, my right big pinky toe pulverized a swamp toad. A swamp toad? Poor creature. Oh, don't be downcast, my dear. Such is life. I'm sure he barely felt it when his innards gushed forth from his gaping mouth. Ew. Dance with me, Janet. You're so dashing, and you move so. <coughs> Ow! Pardon me. It's all right. Oh. Now you're crushing my, my waist. Ease up a bit. Dreadfully sorry, dear. Perhaps we give the dancing a rest, yes? Tea? Oh, splendid idea, love. Sit good. It's so lovely here behind the Willow's house. On a clear day, you can see a hundred or more alligators. Sugar? Please. One lump or two? Fifteen.、Mm, I have a rather daring surprise for you, my bare-chested Romeo. Oh, what is it? What is it? Drink your tea, and I'll show you. <laughs> Righto, I'm ready. It's in the bedroom. Last one there's a rotten egg. <laughs> Open the bedroom door and get your surprise. <gasps> oh, king-sized bed. It's it's covered with soft white and fuzzy angora. <gasps> oh my God! It's so wonderful, so beautiful.、Oh, I love you, Janet. I love you so much. Make love to me now, Lobo. Wake up, Lobo. <coughs> ah, good. You're awake. Get up. There is much to be done. <laughs> We have. A new visitor. We find Professor Strausky searching Vornov's living room that looks like a cast-off set from Wuthering Heights. Looking for me, Professor Strausky. So, at last we meet. In Paris, I missed you by two months. In Tibet, I missed you by a month. In Rome, two weeks, three days, and six hours. In Tokyo, four days, four hours, three minutes, twenty-five seconds. In Kenya, I missed you by one hour, thirty-three minutes. Yes, yes, I get the idea. You've been on my trail for a long time. What do you want, Strausky? Why the sudden interest? See it, please. It's your work on atomically created super beings. You were right about all of it. I've come to take you back, where you'll be given the best equipment and the best minds available to help you complete your discoveries. I've come to bring you home, Doctor Vornov. <laughs> Why do you laugh? You come to bring me home. Home. What home? Twenty years ago, they labelled me insane, discredited me, and took my wife and son from me—a wife and son I never saw again. I was driven from my home like some rabid animal and declared a charlatan, hunted, despised. Now, in this godforsaken swamp, I have perfected my work. I will use my knowledge to raise up an army of invincible atomic supermen that will conquer the entire world. <laughs> no, Professor, I will not 
go back with you. Now, get out. Unfortunate. The professor stands as if to go, and then whips out a pistol. I'm sorry, Vornov, but as you can see, I didn't come alone, and I didn't come all of this way for a no. I'm not alone either. Lobo. Come, Lobo. Bring him to the lab. Quickly, quickly. Ah, ah, you'll, you'll not get away with this, Morgoth. Morgoth and Lobo watch with sadistic satisfaction as yet another actor waggles the flesh octopus and pretends to be eaten alive. Goodbye, Professor Strauski. Goodbye. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lieutenant Craig and Mike have split up to cover more area in their search for Strauski. I think I'll go through the swamp to the Willow's place. Whoa! Lieutenant Craig falls into some quicksand. Oh my god! Stock footage alligators coming right at me! Gotta get out of here! Gotta get out! Yes! Three! Hmm. I'm not even wet. I'd better check out the Willow place. Maybe Strowski went there. Across the swamp at the Willow's place. Johnny, come out. Come out of the room, my dear bride. Janet Lawton emerges, dressed in a white silk bridal gown. Lay down on the surgery table. Lay down on the surgery table. That's a good girl, yes, yes. Lobo. Strap her in while I start the transmutation machine. Lobo stands by, looking oddly frustrated. He pets his furry white cap. What are you waiting for, imbecile? Strap her down. <coughs> I command you, taste the whip for your insolence. Lobo straps Janet down and then retreats to a corner where he pets his fuzzy white cap in private. Oh, my God. I'm in a wedding dress. And I'm strapped to a table. And I'm wearing the spark plug hat, just like my last marriage. Don't forget the flashlight on the ivy pole thingy. Oh, help me. Help somebody help me. There, there, my smooth-skinned pretty one. In a moment, you'll be transformed into a super bean. You will no longer be Janet Lawton, Cupcake Ace Reporter, but instead you will be the Bride of the Atom. <laughs> I don't think so, Dr. Vornoff. Let my girl go. Who are you? Bah, no matter. You cannot stop what I have started. Lobo! And if I song wrestling fans, it's a no-holds-barred brawl to the very end. Joining me now with color commentary is my old friend and 50s wrestling legend, Gorgeous George! Good evening, Victor. Let's get right to it. Lobo circling Craig. And now the clinch. 
Oh, I love the clinch. Tor Johnson's experience inside the square ring is bound to pay off here. A mighty right cross from Lobo knocks Craig out cold. Now Lobo's taking it to Vornoff, and he's showing the old man no mercy. Holy moly, I didn't know you could do that with a pair of legs. What the devil? Lobo's freed Janet from certain death? What a wonderful, wacky brute this man is. The surprises just keep on coming. Janet looks to be recovered from her hypnotic trance. She's trying desperately to revive Craig. Yes, he's moving now. Craig is shaking his head, trying to clear the cobwebs. Oh, no! Craig sees Lobo, and he's completely berserk with rage! Ladies and gentlemen, it's total pandemonium in the laboratory! This is insane! Craig attacks Lobo and takes another canvas nap for his efforts! Janet's upset. She's really upset. Janet lets out a... Oh, my goodness! Lobo's got worn off again, and he's dragging the old man toward the atomic transmutation gurney! This is madness! I've never seen anything like it! Bornoff's been radiated. The old man fights back with the strength of 20 men. He throws Lobo into the atomic transducers. The lovesick brute is down for the count. I believe it's time for Janet. I haven't seen a battle royale like this since my hairdresser called me a fake blonde. Uh Uh-oh, what's Vornoff up to now? He's stalking Janet Lawton. Oh, he's stalking her and rubbing his hands in delight. Vornoff has Janet in his clutches, and she's fainted again. Now he slings Janet over his shoulder and makes his getaway. The show's nearly over, folks, and what a show it's been! Wait, what's this? Lieutenant Craig is struggling to his feet again. He pursues the fleeing Vornoff. Oh, what a spectacle! That's it for the main event, folks. Let's thank the one, the only, gorgeous George for helping out on the color commentary. We pick up the story outside. Captain Robbins and a whole squad of policemen who are anxious to blow holes in something chase Vornoff up a nearby hillside. Drop your hostage. We've got you covered. That's a fact. Suddenly, Vornoff's mansion explodes in a stock footage sort of way. He's dropped Janet. Let him have it, men. Watch out for the stock footage debris. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Craig struggles with a large paper mache boulder. Gotta push it over on Vornoff while he's engrossed in the stock footage lightning. Almost there. Yes! Vornoff turns just in time to bug his eyes out. Oh! The boulder harmlessly rolled over him, Dick. It still knocked him in the cement lagoon. Come on. Vornoff screams as he's savagely untouched by the perpetually lifeless atomic octopus. (laughs) Just then, lightning strikes the mad doctor and his monster, igniting a huge atomic explosion that everyone watches while standing 20 feet away. Poor fool. He tampered in God's domain. And that's the fact, Jack. Well, there you have it. Dr. Eric Vornoff walks tall in my eyes. 
that speech about being haunted and despised brings a tear to my eye every single time. So great an intellect, so tragic the demise. Until next time, remember to refrain from tampering in another's domain. And that's a fact, Jack. Pigor, show them out! Good night, and good cheese. Do you like thrillers, action, adventure, mystery, crime drama? Well, you're in luck, because here on the Mutual Audio Network, we have Thursday Thrillers. You can subscribe and have a dose of adrenaline-pumping audio every Thursday from your favorite podcast player. Get it here now. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.